0: This is episode 308 of the Wrestling Brethren podcast. I'm your host, Josh Weiner, along with Jared Aubrey. And on this episode, we discuss the latest in pro wrestling, WWE puts on Crown Jewel 2022, and who in the blue hell is all elite now? Mm-hmm. Hey, OJ Will, get us started.
1: What up? This is Josiah Williams, and you're listening to the Wrestling Brethren Podcast, where wrestling and pop culture collide.
0: Yeah. Welcome in to episode 308. We will get into who AEW has added to the roster now as they keep inflating the numbers. We will discuss crown jewel and we will talk a little bit of pro wrestling. But before we can get to any of that, Jarrett.
1: How the hell are you? I love it. I love it. I, I just gotta do it, too. I'm not even gonna, there's not even gonna be much stinger, just gotta. Ah, there we are. It's every every time I get a message from you, Josh, and it's like somebody new is all elite. And I don't know, I, I could only respond in emojis this time. I was so taken aback and perhaps even disgusted. But we're going to talk about that, aren't we?
0: Yeah, I think Simon Miller of What Culture Wrestling put it best when he was reviewing Dynamite, he said, look, I'm all for people getting a job and being employed, but I would just rather they use old existing people instead of bringing in new people to the roster because what happened to Ricky Starks and where's Miro and all these other people who are struggling to get TV time and we just keep bringing in new people and new people and new people.
1: Yeah. Is somebody going to finally believe me now when i say that AEW has a friggin' roster problem <laughs> yeah
0: uh it's it's been a weird year and we will cover all of that in about a six week period maybe a seven week period from now and we get to the year-end awards but man just if some of what happened later in the year just would have happened earlier in the year, the entire landscape might be completely different,
1: <laughs> but
0: There's, oh, I'm sorry. Go
1: ahead. So I just say there, there are definitely some, some big things that happened this year and they happened very close together and they happened around the same um, later in the year. Yeah, you're right. If they would have happened January, February, uh, we could we could be a completely different conversation we're having right now
0: for sure and um yeah it's it's mind-blowing to to just think about i mean we could we could have if (laughs) if we ever find ourselves in a lull between pay-per-views and ple's if we ever wanted to do a let's take this headline and move it all the way to january 1st how does the rest of the year play out based on that oh, decision? <laughs> uh that that's some high-level fantasy booking. But this uh, will be a four-hour show. Right. We'll break it up into parts. <laughs> Episode 310, part one. Exterior of the room. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it was a dark and stormy night. <laughs> right. Sound effects perfect all right so one of the things that i said that i lost interest in and and we wouldn't be discussing it anymore the meme or not meme the uh what do you call it i don't think it's a trope but the the joke, I guess, was on me because we keep discussing it every week, and that's the storyline in WWE Monday Night Raw between the Miz, Dexter Loomis, and now Johnny Gargano's been pulled into this. And we, you and I, agreed that it, it, whatever they were doing it was just taking entirely too long to get to get there. And now we're there, and I don't know. I still don't know what to think about it. Apparently they did this 60 minutes style sit down between Byron Saxton and Johnny Gargano. Give it up for Johnny Gargano because Johnny wrestling became Johnny personality in this segment. I thought he was hilarious as all get out. He played all the actors in the quote unquote reenactment scenes. And it was, it was funny. Um, But based on his reveal, He's saying that Miz set this up and he essentially paid Dexter to stalk him because he wanted a celebrity stalker because he's the A-lister. I don't know. I, I I guess it needs more time, but what do you think,
1: Jared? First of all, completely agreed that that Johnny nailed this. And I almost think that this should be if they can make it somehow a regular thing and, and that'd be good and bad. Cause I think he would be fantastic at these segments. If there's any, some kind of a, you know, Ooh, what's going on in this feud. And then you bring in, you know, Johnny to dissect the situation. And he comes in with this, you know, behind the scenes look and all this groundbreaking information that could be a, a thing. I mean, like, you know, GTV or something along those lines. But
0: I was just thinking that it'd be like GTV, except you'd have the source
1: yeah yeah exactly uh i I might be a little bit worried that it might turn him heel though as if he's going to be the the shit disturber through everything it it might not but that that's kind of a side concern i have that the other thing i i like about this angle is that they're reaching for some history like miz and and or not miz um johnny and and dexter had have a lot of history in, in nxt and they're trying to tie all that together which is great it's more long-term storytelling it's reaching back to you know where wrestling fans are supposed to have the 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 memory of a gnat anything that happened six months ago doesn't exist they're reaching farther back than that and that's that's pretty cool too but was it me or was the reveal a bit of a a letdown because yeah yeah, i mean it kind of explains why you know we, we talked a couple episodes ago like why wasn't miz freaking out and why what, why didn't he seem more concerned? And, and why wasn't this like a, a huge epic thing? Like You're getting stuck and just getting kidnapped every week, and it's just happening again and again and again. This makes perfect sense. Johnny, Johnny Gargano's reveal makes absolutely perfect sense. But and it explains why he's able to get away every time. Oh, exactly. It wraps everything up in a little tiny bow. And it hands you, you know, it stocks itself underneath the Christmas tree and it gives itself to you. And it's all it's all awesome.
0: But. Well, if they want to take this to another level and if they want to amp up the uh, Miz stopped paying Dexter angle and Dexter goes crazy or crazier and Miz is having a problem controlling him, you want a calming influence for Dexter Loomis? Bring up Indy Hartwell, please. That is his storyline wife. There you go. There you? Go. If you're gonna tie in the whole thing with the way, go all the way.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I I just thought it was both good and and silly all at the same time. Really, is where I was going with that that ramble.
0: Yeah, and I might have it might have gone over better with me had they just done it like 4 weeks
1: ago. Yeah. Yeah, again stretching it out far too long. Yeah.
0: Well, another thing in WWE land is they announced their Q3 financials and I'm not a business major, so I'm not going to dive deep on this. I'm just going to let you know that it was noted. That revenue for Q3 was $304.6 million, up 19%, while operating income was $58.9 million, down 8%. And the adjusted OIBDA, whatever that is, was up 17% at $91.2 million. WWE touted how Clash at the Castle was most viewed international event in company history while each domestic premium live event during that quarter, Money in the Bank, SummerSlam, and Extreme Rules were the most viewed event in its history with the year-over-year increases of 17%, 20%, and 36%, respectively, in domestic unique viewership on Peacock. So, all in all, it just means that WWE is
1: making money hand over fist. <laughs> they're bringing in more revenue. They're they're cutting costs. They're they're doing what a business should. I used to know what what EBITDA means. So let me see if I can reach into the archives for a second. It's earnings before deductions, like taxes and interest and stuff like. that. There's, each one of those stands for something. <clears throat> Interest ah, okay. taxes—I can't remember what the last two were. I remember some geek knucklehead money person at my old company gave a big speech about it one day. But it just means that yes, they're they're doing really, well, really well.
0: <laughs> All is good, money good. Bye bye. Uh, okay, well, now that they have money and we don't, let's move on. Um. <laughs> So, this Saturday is Crown Jewel 2022 in Saudi Arabia. And before we even get to the card, we have to talk about the elephant in the room, and that is that there is a security threat in Saudi Arabia. And there's been intelligence in the U.S. government that they're saying that there might be a terrorist attack from Iran. And. Even though they said today that the target, quote unquote, because it's not like people are just going to give away their plans, but is nowhere near Riyadh, even though that may or may not be true, you have to ask yourself, when is enough enough? And I know they have this 10 year contract and they have to put on shows and they get paid $50 million per show. But. You know, sometimes when you hear about this stuff, my brain goes to the worst possible case scenario. What would happen if, God forbid, something tragic happened and WWE loses like 75% of their roster unnecessarily because of this stupidity? But, you, I mean... Between the political stuff, the previous situations where people were killed, now you have a threat of a terrorist attack in the country. I mean, people thought they were scared because the plane wasn't taking off. What do you imagine is going through the minds of some of these professional wrestlers this weekend?
1: Yeah, it's it's not pretty. I, I would be a little worried if it was me. Um, I read somewhere today that that WWE released a statement that, yes, and I'm just paraphrasing here, but yes, they're aware of the situation. Uh, They don't believe it's going to be an issue, and they've already taken their own uh, precautions and countermeasures, and they're confident that everyone is going to be safe and nothing's going to happen. Yeah, it's, I mean, that... That whole area of, of the world, no matter how much money pours in and out of it, is, is relatively unsafe at the best of times. Um, but counterpoint to that, as I think about things, is WWE staff, talent, medical people, they're, they're traveling every day. Um, there's all kinds of plane incidents all over the place. Um, these guys travel 300 days a year um, there's, there's always risk of travel, but you're, you know, I'm not trying to compare the two, but this is a, a completely different thing, right? This is, this is military. This is um, people getting targeted to, to die. Right? Like this isn't, you know, this isn't stepping on the plane and, and go, Oh wow. Geez. I gotta, I'm going to sit for four hours while I'm getting delayed yeah this you know, this is you know people's lives at stake here, so um you just talked about their financials that that fifty million is a large part of that financials and i'm and I'm wondering how much of that decision gets made because of that, and it's uh perhaps a little bit of safety be damned, right? It's like that's that's a big part of our operating model, so we need to do this, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, they—it's
0: almost like a horror movie where the the unwitting soul walks right to the trouble.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah, the 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 two teenagers run off into the woods when they hear something happen near their campsite. Um, but I mean, What's they're like, "I'm going to go check it out," <laughs> and dead. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but they're—you know—they're also trying to grow WWE in that part of the world. Too. So I think they they probably think that they have maybe perhaps some kind of an obligation or that you know, this is you know we're doing this for the the future sake of the business kind of thing. So all of those arguments can be made. Bottom bottom line is there 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 are threats all over there. If everyone feels that it's been um, not taken care of, but if if they've taken precautions and they're good then you know, I got to trust the intelligence perhaps, but yeah. Like when does it, when does it become too much? Right. And I think that's the, the question they have to ask is like, when, when is, when is the risk too much risk? And, and I mean, so not only, so let's, you're talking about all the WWE staff is in there again. Yeah. That something happens that kills the product. How much money is in that stadium, right? Mm-hmm. When all the princes yeah. and all the, 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 mm-hmm. the well, the well-off people of, Saudi Arabia are in that building.
0: Yeah. How is it not a target?
1: Well, right. And then, so then what happens to oil prices and what happens to markets and things after that if if half the money in Saudi Arabia just disappears, right? <laughs> so there's, yeah. there's all kinds of risk happening there.
0: Now, looking over this card, there's only one person where they would turn the lights off for but i'm starting to be like when the lights go out i'd be like oh god what happened oh no it's just bray wyatt okay good <laughs> uh
1: yeah they, they better bring all the bloodline out immediately <laughs> when it's uh, you know the roman's match against uh against uh Logan Logan there. i know his brother's coming but no Logan. no surprises from under the ring yeah. No no extra lights going out, right? Like, just be careful. <laughs>
0: Brock, you're not getting a vehicle. Just walk.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: No <laughs> tanks. Yeah, right. Oh, boy. Um. Yeah. So the card itself, there's eight announced matches. Uh I doubt there's going to be any more because SmackDown was taped last week so that they could travel there. And... The ninth thing or segment is uh, an appearance by Bray Wyatt, the aforementioned Bray. And the lights do go out for his entrance now. So, um, yeah, they better be quick to put his uh, blue glow door thing uh, together. I don't know. that would be interesting to see his entrance in that big of a stadium. Um, I don't know how that's going to play out in that stadium because his two appearances on SmackDown have been in an intimate arena setting. And then it ends with the Titan Tron. If I remember correctly from previous Saudi shows in that stadium, the it's, it's almost like a WrestleMania stage where the screens are large and they're far, far away from the ring. So I don't know, I don't know what to expect with the Bray Wyatt appearance, so that should be a
1: thing, I guess, a spectacle. What do you think, Jared? This show, the like Crown Jewel, is is essentially WrestleMania, right, in, in India. Like, they make a fantastic spectacle out of this, at least they have in the last last few years. Yeah, so I don't know how they pull off some of that. It's like, there's a long way down that ramp for, for an entrance like, like Bray for... Like how long does it going to take Roman to walk all the way out there? How long is it going to take Brock to, well, unless oh, he gets man. up and runs, because <laughs> he just kind of saunters out there now? Um, yeah, the, a proper Bray entrance could, could be forever. The PLE was scheduled
0: for three hours. However, due to entrances, <laughs> it is a four hour show. Uh, getting down to the matches themselves, we have a six man tag team match as the OC. Take on the judgment day. Now, do we get a reveal at this show as to who solves the Rhea problem, as AJ Styles has dubbed it? Um I, I don't know other than Beth Phoenix who makes sense in this situation, but Beth obviously would be tied to Edge, and Edge is not in the OC. So I'd rather not blur the lines between the feuds, but um, some people have suggested that they use Raquel. Uh, Rod, uh, blah, 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 blah. What's her new name? Raquel Rodriguez. Rodriguez. Yeah. yeah. And some people have said they use Raquel and bring her over from SmackDown because she and Rhea have a past. I guess that's an option. I'm not too crazy about that. Um, I don't know.
1: What do you think on this match, Jared? And I'm trying to decide because sometimes the the Riyadh stuff, the the crown jewel bits, are a bit of a one off, but they have to still tie it into existing things. And I know that there's been the quote Rhea problem, and Judgment Day's been kind of ruling the roost in this one a little bit, and the, and and the OC's fighting back. So do we have do we have another Judgment Day win, and then finally? um the oc is like okay we've got our fourth now we're gonna you know uh we're gonna do this at survivor series or something um that that could be what's going would on they, would they
0: really do a mixed
1: war games match oh that would be awesome like if is if three sliding, guys and a uh, girl
0: versus three guys and a girl I, why not that would
1: be interesting. They had China wrestling men back in the
0: 80s and 90s. Yeah, and the Royal Rumble. They had Beth Phoenix taking out guys. They had uh, Nia Jax taking out guys. Hell, she took the RKO. She launched uh, Rey Mysterio.
1: She, then again, She slammed uh, Gallows the other day. Right, that was real,
0: yep. Yeah, it... It could be interesting. Now, I know when these shows first started, it was like an overblown house show. But the last couple have not only been good quality, but tied in with current canon. So, Jared, I know you watch these regularly. Do you recall? Is it mainly baby faces that go over or does it really depend
1: it it really depends. It depends on the angle. Um, they they will always have a, a special match, either featuring. Well, would they would they do it with Monsieur now that now that he's Monsieur or whatever he is in uh, Mansoir. Mansoir, That's what it is. Uh, <laughs> the, and then
0: and Marseille. <laughs> they, oh, they, boy, they don't even get started they, on that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Or they put the you know one of the they find an Indian superstar and they have a yeah. match and to make sure he wins and there's a good feel good moment there. Not yeah. always happens. I know Jinder's not busy. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. <laughs> I thanks. I, I had I had forgotten about him, Josh. So thanks. <laughs> uh, thanks for that.
0: He hasn't been on TV, so who knows? They might not even do anything.
1: That's why I'd forgotten about him. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> depend. They 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 stay pretty. Strict to to storylines, but yeah, they there's, I mean, obviously, you know, there's a little bit of um, in, in the in those Riyadh shows where the the people uh, sponsoring the show want certain people, and I'm sure they want certain results as well. Um, yeah, I'll leave it at that.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. Uh, it, I wonder for how many no contests we're gonna get because <laughs> some of these matches seem like they would benefit to just use this show as a placeholder i guess i don't know we'll have to see and and they're calling it a match of the big men but i'm calling it a match of irony because it's braun Strowman versus omas and if you believe the backstage scuttlebutt, Braun Strowman was released not only because of the money he was making, but because they had Omas and they didn't need Braun Strowman. So now these two are fighting each other, and I just feel that's ironic.
1: I don't even know how interested I am in this because I really don't care much for think He's got – he's a big dude, and, and Vince-era – WWE was all about the big guys, like like our our friend uh, Seth likes to say. Um, he got there because he's what seven foot one hundred inches tall, and he's a he's a big strong dude. He he's terrible in the ring, um, but yeah, having him clashing against another huge guy, and this this should be a Braun just like Braun should just work this guy over if it was any kind of reality to this stuff.
0: Yeah, three minutes power bomb. Good night. Yeah because you know nobody's tuning in for a Braun Strowman Omos 18 minute classic.
1: <laughs> seven stars.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Negative 7 stars. <laughs> in a steel cage match, we are getting Drew McIntyre versus Karian Cross. Will this be better than the strap match?
1: 100% yes. I I, I-, I don't like strap matches.
0: Yeah, what I find weird is, in the booking of this, is they made the baby face cause a car accident to injure the heel. Wouldn't you think it'd be the other way
1: around? You'd think? I'll, uh, you know, the NWO and The Rock.
0: Even Sheamus and Jeff Hardy from a couple years ago. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. For the women's tag team titles freshly changed on Monday Night Raw, the new champions Alexa Bliss and Asuka take on damage control in a rematch. I guess they forgot about the no instant rematch clause. Did I activate your echo? You did twice. (laughs) Nice.
1: So... I'm sorry. Due to uh, technology misfiring over here, um, it, it talked over you, so I I didn't hear what you said. <laughs> Damn you.
0: <laughs> no, I was just saying the women's tag team titles, Miss Bliss and Asuka take on damage control. Uh, the newly crowned, newly minted champions, A&A, we'll call them. Uh, take on damage control because apparently we've long since forgotten about the no
1: immediate rematch clause. Oh yeah. That that old thing. So, I mean, this one's interesting because, you know, we, we've been talking for a while now about how um, damage control is supposed to be set up as the, the female version of, of the bloodline, right? This, they're going to hold all the titles. They're going to be the top group, all all this stuff. They haven't done a hell of a lot of that, um. So with them losing the tag team titles, and given the way, kind of Bailey and and um, Bianca, Bianca, I, w- I was thinking Bailey and Bailey. Why was it in that? Yeah, uh, those two have been booked lately. It's, it almost seems like now they're ready to pull the trigger on on Bailey. So are they are they doing that switch or are or is this a night where? They just, they're going to do the flip and they flip the tag titles back. And then uh, Bailey picks up the, uh, the women's title and it becomes the thing. Are they going to do that here? Uh, do, they do that survivor series? I don't know.
0: I don't think they would flip the tag titles just to flip them back. That doesn't make any sense. Um, the only way that makes sense is if they were in the hometown of either Dakota or EO, but obviously they're not. Um, I just think, I don't know what I think on this. Um, I, I, I'm tired of them putting together people who should be t- going after the women's title and throwing them in a tag team and throwing the tag straps on them. Um, I mean, this tag division has been like snake bit since these titles came into existence. So, i don't know (laughs) i just know the damage control is not clicking on all cylinders like they probably imagined they would be when they first had the idea so all i know is if bailey doesn't win the title saturday this group is doomed
1: and and i'm quite all right with that
0: (laughs) for the undisputed tag team titles the Usos defend against the brawling
1: brutes. I have to think that anything bloodline uh, happening with the bloodline on this show is going to involve some major shenanigans, especially the main event. But we'll get there in a bit, and I don't think this one will be any different. <clears throat> I think they'll be just—it's just, just going to be the numbers game, whether it's Solo that helps or whether it's Roman himself. Uh, yeah, they um, got to find a way to. To, to heal out the Usos a little more, I think. Although, I mean, now that I say that, it's like, well, we got to be a little more Usy, right? So is, <laughs> is, is, that to, is, is that the key to turning them face? I, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would like to see them heal it out a little bit more, <clears throat> get them back on the same page, and perhaps some shenanigans here would be whether it's, you know, they, they do the gimmick with um, – <clears throat> Uh, one of them pushing on the ropes or on the back while the other guy's pinning or whether solo helps out. But yeah, there'll be uh, there'll be some shenanigans to, to help win this one, retain the titles.
0: You know what the favorite trope is now is the blind tag.
1: Oh, the, the one that the ref doesn't see?
0: No, no, the one that the ref does see, but the other team doesn't see. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then they get beaten because they weren't paying attention. Uh, the only disappointing thing between this and the main event is that Sami Zayn's not allowed, not allowed in the country. So he's not going to be on this show. So the hottest thing in the bloodline is not even going to be on this show. Wait, what is he not allowed in the country? He's never been at these Saudi shows because he's Syrian. Oh, right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's a big thing.
0: He always runs a charity during these weekends when they have these shows like, uh, a donation thing for uh helping his home country. But yeah, he's not allowed in the country, so he's never been in on any of these shows. Hence why um oh no, that was Clash at the Castle. Never mind. I was just it's it's always been that he's never been there. So yeah. So the shenanigans would have to come from solo. They've they've done. And he's believable to get him back on the heel side as you say. The aforementioned raw women's title will be defended in a last women's standing match as Bianca Belair
1: takes on Bailey. I don't know what to I, you know, John, I'm really happy we're not predicting this show. <laughs> There's just so much they can they can do and and, and we all know my thoughts about Bailey, right? So sometimes I have to I have to vote with my brain and and, and not my heart, and sometimes that's really hard to do. So it all depends. Like we just talked about with the the direction of damage control, are they going to be a dominating faction? Are they going to be just kind of hanging out in the weeds and and just being shit disturbers and that's that's their thing? Okay, cool. If that's the case, none of them win titles, and you know they can go home and, and brag all they want, but they have got no gold to show for it. If they're actually going to take this thing seriously and start turning them into this dominant faction, then they got to start. Owning titles, they got to start owning gold, and Bailey needs to win here. Of course, I don't want to see that, but it just all depends on the direction they're going to take here.
0: I think two lines of thought here one, Bailey has to win this title Saturday, otherwise, you might as well blow it up now. And two, if this was still the Vince show, Bailey would win the title. She would say, I'm a winner. You two are losers. You lost the tag titles, and they would have Bailey turn on them and make EO and Dakota babyfaces, which I don't want to see. So thank God it's not a Vince Run show because he just loves breaking up tag teams and factions. But I do think Bailey must win the title here. Otherwise, it's um, all for naught. And in a last women's standing match, you save yourself having to have Air be pinned yet again. She just can't answer the count of ten. And then you have that be because of shenanigans from the other two. You make it a three-on-one affair and kind of like the bloodline buried Brock in a whole bunch of chairs and stuff from ringside. Uh, you could do something similar to where they all beat be- Bel- Belair, blah, 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 blah bel air down and that also gives them storyline revenge from when bel air just defeated all three of them by herself
1: yep yeah, there's there's options there um yeah it depends which trigger they want to pull yeah, you're absolutely right and thinking
0: down the line let's say you do get bailey the title what baby face do they have lined up in the queue to chase I, I don't want to see Belair chasing again. I don't think she needs to go to the back of the line per se, but what other baby faces are there? Candace LeRae, she just came back. And you just I think put a K
1: title on Alexa bliss.
0: Yeah. I I think, I think the division in terms of the title picture regardless of who wins is going to be on pause because after Saturday, the build has got to be to war games. And I guarantee you the women's war games match is going to be damage control plus Nikki cross versus probably Bianca, Alexa, Oscar and returning Becky Lynch. I don't know. I can't even think of Candice LeRae, I guess. She's been in those segments. Although she's been MIA the past couple of weeks on Raw, so I don't know what that's about. Um, So, yeah, there's not really going to be a title chase in the month of November because we got to build up
1: to war games. just thinking Carmella's heel and she's hurt. The only other thing, Josh, is when is Charlotte Flair coming back? Oh, God, don't.
0: See? I, is that my punishment for bringing up gender?
1: Yes, it is. I don't
0: don't want Charlotte on my TV. Damn it. (laughs) I'm enjoying things as they are. I know, right? Just stay at home. Let your contract run out. Go be with your husband. I don't care. Yeah. So we'll have to see. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I think, I feel like if you want to get right down to it, I think both, uh, Women's title pictures are stagnant at the moment, but we'll have to see. Anyway, in the penultimate match, um, whether it's positioned this way on the show or not, I don't know. Brock Lesnar, Bobby Lashley. Hopefully this gets some time and hopefully it ends clean, unlike the Royal Rumble. Or not Royal Rumble, I'm sorry, day one. Uh, earlier this year. Can't get much earlier this year than January 1st. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would like this to go uh, 10 to 15 minutes of just
1: them beating the holy hell out of each other. Yeah. I, I don't know if I would even want to go that long. I, I'm i thinking seven or eight minutes, maybe 10 tops, but yeah, they're going to, they'll beat the crap out of each other. They'll, they'll toss each other. But like, like what is, like, what is Omos going to do to Brock Lesnar other than pick him up and slam him? And maybe, maybe choke slam him. Like, what else has he got that?
0: Wait, wait, wait. He- this is Bobby Lashley, not Omos. Oh, yeah, right. Whoops, sorry. Uh, what? Why did my brain. <laughs> I don't know.
1: <laughs>
0: I got. No, this is two former uh, MMA fighters going at it.
1: Yeah. I. <laughs> I don't know. I We got talking about Omas earlier, and it leaked into my brain. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll, um, I'll, I'll actually. I'll, I'll, I'll make, make you look good. You're fine. The, yeah. No. This is much better. <laughs> this can go. This can go twenty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Apologies, folks. Yeah, it's been a long day. That
0: that's how much we think of
1: Omas. <laughs> yeah. No. Last
0: minutes. Last <laughs> <Yeah>. minutes.
1: <laughs> no, I, and I would like to see them go more of that MMA route too. Right? Like, there's. Bobby's going to hit a couple of spears. Brock's going to hit a couple of fives. There's going to be some Germans. Um, Brock will power his way out of the hurt lock, but I would like to see them go just on the mat for 10 minutes of that 20. Um, <clears throat> make the rest of it kind of hybrid, but show, show that side of it and in, and how they can incorporate it properly into uh, the pro wrestling spectrum and I think you're going to have a whale of a match if they do it right. And that would be just amazing to see. And I'm like, yeah, no, screw all honest. So I'm looking forward to this match.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know how they can. I, well, I mean, there's ways to do it, but I really don't want Brock to win, but I have a feeling just because it's Saudi that he will, but that will even it up, even it up one a piece. And How about this idea for round three, whether it be at survivor series or Royal rumble, how about you break out the fight pit again for these two? Oh, damn. Yeah. I like where you're going with that. I mean, UFC versus Bellator Brock, Bobby Lashley fight pit.
1: Yeah, like you use this match to tease it. Like I said, like throw in half the sprinkle, half the match, right, with some MMA stuff, and they want to go full almost MMA in the next one in an octagon. Yeah, I'm down with that.
0: And if you want to give Bobby the win here have and make him look better for it, have Lesnar pass out in the Hurt Lock because he almost did it day one. He almost did it then. And, you know, Lesnar did his famous turning all shades of purple. <laughs> uh, that put, puts Bobby way over better than a spear, I think. If he, if he gets the massive arms of Brock and the massive neck and puts him out in the hurt lock and he passes out, I think, I think that helps. Bob. I mean, Bobby's had a hell of a year regardless, but you want to put a capper on it, do that.
1: That would be one. The, that would certainly put him over for sure, and it, and you give Brock kind of the the rub too. Is like, yeah, you, I didn't, I didn't quit. I didn't tap. I just, you know, passed out. That right. whole thing got trapped. Yeah, not bad.
0: And finally, for the undisputed WWE Universal Title, your tribal chief, the head of the table. Mr Godmode himself roman reigns ah takes on youtuber logan paul accompanied by his brother jake paul in the words of the rock yay
1: <laughs> i have z- <laughs> and i hate that i'm going to say this I have zero interest in this Roman Reigns match. I really do, because there's no way, on no matter what. And the rock means no way. <laughs> I was, you know what, I was talking about that earlier. I was actually going to do that, and, and I completely, <laughs> completely forgot. But come on, in, in the grand scheme of things, there's absolutely minus... Eleventy billion percent chance that uh, the Roman loses this match. It's just it's just not happening. So there's there's no there, there's no build. There's no dynamo. There's no suspense. There's no what's going to happen. The only thing that's going to happen is Logan's going to hit his lucky shot, and then something. Well, then that's when the shenanigans start. Either it's Heyman or it's. Um, the Usos and, and and Solo get in there. There'll be a brawl with the the Paul brothers. Um, Roman gets up, spear whatever, and it's over. But I I just can't stand that this guy, both of them are just getting rewarded for being mouthpieces. And um, you know, and and I've said in the past, and, and and I'll and I'll admit that I've said it that I I'm good with his. Dedication to this and the work he puts in to to be believable and and to have good matches and stuff, but I, I still think just like you know when I was talking about CM Punk, you got to look at the reality of the things and the guy's just an epic douchebag and he's talked his way into a massive payday and that just bothers the shit out of me. You
0: talk about matches that need to be short. This needs to be two minutes tops if you go about it in any realistic way possible, there should be no chance that Logan Paul has any, any sensibility of getting any type of offense on Roman reigns. You go over Roman's entire two plus year reign and all the people he's had wars with Kevin Owens, Daniel Bryan, edge, You know, uh, you go down the list, Brock Lesnar, all these people knock down, drag out long matches with in-depth storytelling, even throw Jey Uso in there. And you're going to tell me that Logan Paul is going to stand in there for five to seven minutes with him? Are you insane? (laughs) Like you said, he should get his one punch in and if there's no shenanigans, then Roman kicks out at two point nine nine nine. Put over the punch a little bit, and if you know his brother's going to be there, his brother should be the one that gets the punch in. He's the fucking boxer. Yeah. So, um, I, I, I he, can even, you
1: know what, Josh? I can even see the punch happening right when the bell happens because you you know the way the way Roman's been talking, it's like. I have been champ for two years. This guy's had two matches. You can tell that like, he's cocky and overconfident. Right. Play that in the match. Have him, have him be all swagger and when the bell hits, and then pow, he gets hit with the shot. Right, and then he get like you said. Have him kick out at two point whatever, and um, you know, Paul goes on a little bit of offense. Roman turns it around and then smashes him. Yeah, make it a short one.
0: Yeah, I might even pull the stopwatch out on this one because if it goes past, I don't know, three and a half, four, it's too long. The entrances will be longer. <laughs> I hope so. And and it's just got to go off the air like it normally does with Roman with the two belts, looking at the camera. You know, I run this. This is my show. And, you <laughs> know, acknowledge me, et cetera, et cetera. And that's it. <sighs> I don't want any credence given to a Logan Paul victory. I just, I liked it better when I was more scared about John Cena winning last summer. Well, that he was—he's at least a wrestler and a bona fide Hall of Famer.
1: Well, they've done that lots, right? There's, you got scared with Cena, you got scared with Brock, you got scared with Drew McIntyre. Right they're they're getting better at making us scared but I am yeah. scared with
0: yeah this with yeah now if it was Vince still maybe <laughs> cuz I don't trust him to do anything correctly <laughs> can't even retire correctly <laughs> <sighs> All right, well, that's the show. It'll be on Saturday at 11 a.m., I believe, is the start time, Central Standard Time. Yes, sir. Oh, another lunchtime pay-per-view. Yep. No, oh, I'm sorry, PLE. It'd be interesting. Make some lunch. I might actually watch this one. I don't know. We'll see.
1: I'm on call. I'm not going anywhere, so I'll just be plucking myself down and watching some wrestle.
0: all right well i you know there there's lots of aew news items that i could have chosen from uh, but i just wanted to go over one because it's the most unbelievable and it's the one that had me scratching my head the most (laughs) it's the one i sent a message to Jarrett about right after it happened and my message was that sometimes aew is reminding me of WWE back when it was bad and run by Vince McMahon. Because we have another new member to the All Elite Wrestling roster. The bloated roster continues to bloat. And it's none other than former WWE SummerSlam referee (laughs) Former participant in Ric Flair's last match, former participant in Game Changer Wrestling this year. And as he himself stated, he is a two time Hall of Famer and a 12 time world champion. And Jeff Jarrett is now all elite. And other than the obvious, I'm gonna tell you my problem with this. He was announced that he has a job behind the camera in addition to being an on-air personality, but I am telling you that that was a mistake to announce that because he was announced by Tony Khan to be the director of business development. And he's also going to be helping with live events, which live events is what he did in WWE behind the scenes. But you announced that he's helping behind the scenes, director of business development. And then his on-screen promo was that he was here to destroy AEW. So you have a complete clash of goals between the kayfabe and the non kayfabe (laughs) behind the scenes. He's going to help build things up on camera. He's going to tear things down that does not compute. They should have just not told us he had a behind the scenes job because that's a huge disconnect as far as I'm concerned.
1: Yeah. Well, you got my response when you sent me this message. I chose not to respond with words. I chose to respond with emoticons.
0: Yes, I will actually quote you. Uh, let me uh, scroll back up. Okay. We have the uh, hands hiding the eyes emoji. We have the no smile emoji. We have the gritting the teeth emoji. We have the sad emoji. And we have the vomit emoji. <laughs> that was Jarrett's response.
1: It's almost like AEW is starting to become... When they like WWE, when they pull people up from NXT and they destroy them, <clears throat> so when like where is where is Art Anderson right now? Where you know where where other other than William Regal, who of this kind of same era that that Jeff Jarrett is in, like who who is getting a fair shake in AEW that they brought over to be a coach or a manager or a faction leader? They're only doing it right with, with William Regal. So are they gonna do it right with Jeff Eric? Sure. They'll have it on, on TV for a little while and they'll they'll have the shock and awe of the whole thing. And then it's just gonna be another thing, and it's gonna be greasy heel stuff, and it'll it's gonna be the same old thing over and over again. And then he's gonna disappear and go back, go backstage. So here we are again with people being brought in and they're just eating up everybody else's TV time for, for really, for no reason. And I'm just, that's, that's my, my pet peeve with AEW. And I say it, everybody show and they're not getting any better at it. Like, wait, like you said, wait till Charlotte flair is all elite. Like, <laughs> right. Like they're just, they can't stop bringing people in. Like you yeah. said, where's, where's Miro, where the hell has he been for weeks? I don't know. You've got a guy that's doing the best work of his career and was going to look to, to flourish there. And, Oh, well, well we just, we don't have anything for him right now. He's <laughs> off TV. And all these other people that, like you said, if like even some of their top people aren't on TV every week.
0: <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. And 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 they've been doing something consistent for three-plus years, and that's rotating people in and out. But sometimes they rotate them out, and then they forget to rotate them back in again. Yep. But before I make my counterpoint to this thought process, based on the angle that was run last night on Dynamite because Jeff Jarrett attacked Darby Allin, and told him that Sting is his weakness. That means whether it's one-on-one or in a tag team match, we are getting 55-year-old Jeff Jarrett versus 63-year-old Sting. Was this necessary? I thought these guys were supposed to be putting over the younger talent. But the counterpoint to that is there are some things that they do well. And some of that is future, I don't, I don't know what to call it, future proofing, future storytelling. I don't know, but an example would be Wardlow made the save in the main event, saving Samoa Joe from the beatdown from Prince Nana's group, Ring of Honor based group and after Wardlow makes the save he gets caught with a spinebuster from powerhouse Hobbs so you can see it that powerhouse Hobbs will become the next TNT champion and then you bring back Ricky Starks and they can have their proper feud and then eventually Ricky Starks could be the TNT champion You can see that play out in your head because you know the players involved, you know the history, you know the storytelling, you could almost see it play out. So you can almost see the next couple of champions because it all is interwoven into a story. That stuff they do well. Even if it doesn't go down that path, they've made it believable that it could. But then they have this stuff like the whole bringing in people after people after people again and again and again and they don't do anything with the people they have there was a vignette for the return of the house of black now this is another faction they didn't do anything with the first time and that was what led to the reports of malachi's black malachi black's frustration creatively because he wasn't able to tell the stories that he wanted to tell which ding 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 this is the whole reason he left wwe in the first place well he was future endeavored but you know what i mean yep. so they're still having problem balancing their talent and until they figure that out they're opening up
1: the door for a whole bunch of problems well i yeah and what you said is all right Josh, but on, on the yet another side of the counterpoint is there are certain people they have to have on TV every week. Right. Jericho, Moxley, Hangman, Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson, sorry. I, I will never, ever get that right. You have a bunch of folks Thanks. that are the highlights. They are, they are the face of the company. They are the stars. So there's so much... TV time—it's taken up every week because they have to be on TV, right? So you've only got so much room for the other folks, and when you're not doing the job of rotating them back in, <laughs> it's you forget about them, right? And a, a lot of folks are there just to accompany people to the ring. They—I mean—they're getting on TV, but are they really doing anything? Um, <clears throat> like the the guys that Anna J. Uh, well, sure yeah. the, the two dudes that the one guy that um they, they come with jericho and he and the, the short guy that just chomps gum the entire time like does he actually do anything other than accompany jericho to the ring like i've never seen him wrestle right.
0: so, well that's i'm sure you're talking of matt menard and yeah uh, the other yeah. guy that's the tag team but the, i couldn't even tell you the last time they were in a tag team match other than uh, blood and guts
1: So yeah, so they they, they've got a huge, huge roster management problem. I I would rather see them cut it way down, get back to that balance of named stars and and people that are gonna draw the people in while yet exposing them to the folks like Luchasaurus and, and Jungle Boy and um you know that caliber of folks that are still not at that elite level yet but are good enough and are making their own name, right? Those those are the folks that you got to get recognized and, and and built up. And alongside the veterans, Jericho and, and the rest of them, AEW was doing that. When they started, that was the magic formula. And now they're just so big. They just can't possibly get everybody enough time to get invested in anyone other than the, the, the big stars because they're the ones that are there all the time. You just can't because because when's the next time you're going to see somebody you just don't know so what's the point of getting getting invested in them so they they've just got to say goodbye to a bunch of people i'm sorry people like i hate i don't want to put people out of work i think that's you know i'm not wishing ill on anyone but just for quality of the product's sake and the way everything works they have got it they got to cut the roster in half like it's just i
0: think i think the most real other than him firing a bunch of people, I think the most realistic quote unquote fix for this is if Ring of Honor gets weekly television and then you divide the roster between AEW and Ring of Honor and you keep them
1: separate. Well I, I thought that was the whole point of like rampage and dark was to create <laughs> create that tiered system where like Dark was you know the the up and comers and Rampage was kind of the the in betweeners that were that were getting good and getting ready to come up to to Dynamite kind of thing.
0: Well, the right. problem is is nobody watches Dark, nobody watches Dark Elevation, and nobody watches Rampage. So until they can fix those things, because you bring somebody to Rampage or or Dynamite and you don't do the you do everybody a disservice by not introducing them like the whole point of uh not point but uh one of the parts of the segment with jeff jarrett was a fake sting well the fake sting was revealed to be somebody from the factory which is qt marshall's uh group nobody responded nobody reacted because nobody knew who the f he was <laughs> i mean if you're going to do a fake sting, have it be somebody that people know, so that there's a reaction when he takes off the mask. But I mean, yeah. the announcers had to had to get him over. Oh, that's Cole some so and so from the factory. Okay, and why do I? Why would I care? Yeah. Other than QT Marshall, I couldn't name you one person in the factory.
1: And and like, what happened to the Dark Order? Like, what happened to all these people? that yep. That that we're getting quality time a year and a half ago that have all but disappeared now because the the roster is just too big
0: now, the last time I counted the roster it was well over a hundred
1: yeah that's, and that's and unbelievable. I'm sure, well,
0: because, I'm sure you know, it's closer to one thirty now
1: yeah you, you just can <laughs> with with two hours of proper t v you just you cannot cycle hundred and thirty people through that show and make it meaningful. It's absolutely impossible.
0: Yep. I think Tony just
1: got too carried away with acquiring toys. Like what happened to this being year three and everybody's contracts ending?
0: People (laughs) signed extensions. (laughs) Jericho was extended. Mox was extended. Uh, I think those are the main ones that were announced. But I mean, the people who are leaving or letting their contracts run out and then they leave, are people who weren't on TV anyway, so it doesn't make any difference
1: why is why does Wheeler you to get 30 seconds to talk on TV every week? Right, there's all these examples of just who cares?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least he's in a high profile faction though Wow, and he's in a storyline, so. All right. Well, we could go on and on about AEW's problems, but we'd be here till three in the morning. So, uh, enjoy Crown Jewel as much as we can. Let's all hope nothing happens, as was discussed earlier. And next week, we will be back to talk all about it all over again as we start the march towards... War Games. Any final thoughts?
1: Yeah, just that, like you said, I hope everybody in in Saudi and in Riyadh stays safe. I hope they get to put on a a great show because like I said, in the last couple of years, they've turned it into a giant spectacle and it's actually a really good show to watch. So I'm looking forward to it. And um, I hope we have a good report next week.
0: Oh, would you look at that? I hit refresh on the wrestling headlines and it says, we will hear from Ricky Starks on Rampage. I was just wondering where the hell he went to. (laughs) Well, there you go. Asking he shall receive my friend. (laughs) We could just get Miro back. Everything will be right with the world. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you once again for listening, downloading, and subscribing. And we will talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode. You can subscribe to the Wrestling Brethren Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcast fix to hear the latest discussion from the Wrestling Brethren. You can visit us at TWBpodcast.com for posts and episodes. Visit the mothership, if you will, at BehindTheSquaredCircle.com, home of the Behind the Squared Circle Podcast Network. Let us know your thoughts, questions, and comments at Twitter at TWBP Show, on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash behind the squared circle, and on Instagram at The Wrestling Brethren. You can follow Jarrett on Twitter at TheBaconRev, and you can follow Josh at SouthpawJosh. Thank you again for
1: listening, and we will talk to you again soon with more from The Wrestling Brethren.